Great to be back with you once again for this special edition of Locked On Texas Tech. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. And today it's about you, stars within the Locked On Texas Tech galaxy. You know, the old cousins within that fam family of ours. We love to hear from you, YouTube comments or otherwise. And today's episode, Chris, reaches into those YouTube comments for questions, comments, clarifications, or accusations, non-paternal only. There are very few rules, but that's one very important one. Uh, Chris, we're going to cover a gamut here as we kind of touch on some various angles to what's been going down on campus with the Red Raiders. We'll have a hoops question we'll get to, but also football still on the minds of Red Raider fans. And wanted to begin there with something that you know, you've touched on throughout the year, and it's such a peculiar situation that we may be able to kind of use a primer anyway to just kind of reset the stage because I don't know how many people are all that familiar necessarily with the story of Kosai Eldridge, a guy who really came on and had a great year for Texas Tech at the linebacker position. And I swear, one of the conversations that you and I had included like eligibility records with St. Mary's Holy Cross of the Midwest. I know I got something wrong. Where would we even begin with Kosai Eldridge? Because here's the question at large from our guy at Raiderade. Some have said Kosai is seeking a medical red shirt. Can you explain the situation? Where do we begin? Yeah, so um, I, I think, yeah, ho ho I think Holy Cross was, that was Henry Teeter. Uh, okay, yeah, my bad. My yeah, bad. Yeah, no, no, you're good. You're good. And, 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 I, and I will say, but but it's, it's it's funny you said that. By the way, I, I'm, I'm pleased to be joined by West Texas's favorite cowboy today. Let's I go. mean, that, that, is, that is big time right there, my man. Um, the West. That's right. That's right. Shout out. Uh, so... You know, Henry Teeter, I believe, is going to, I think, is going to come back. I think he's got an extra year. I think that that's, that's uh, in, in a good spot. But you're asking about Kosai Eldridge. You know, Kosai started out his high school uh, career. He was in Denton, and then he went to Kilgore College. And I think, I think Texas Tech got him uh, after a year there. And I think that he only played in four games, okay, as the as the story goes, and I think that they are trying to to have to prove that. Uh, I don't look, and so I'm clear. I'm not. I, I think Kosai would love to come back one more year. I don't know that for sure. Uh, I think they've had people working on it, looking into it. I think it's a bit tricky trying to prove it. Trying to, I mean, the idea you get into game film and try to point out numbers and just say, hey, look, you know, I mean, I I don't know the dynamic there. <laughs> Uh, but I think that if he only played in four games, he would be eligible to to have another year if he wanted to uh, to pursue it. Um, I, I do think that whenever he is done, okay, whether it's right now or after next year, I do think he wants to get into coaching and be around this. I don't know if it's at at Tech, Texas Tech, or elsewhere. But this is a really smart young man uh, that I think knows what he wants to do, and he's a very intelligent football player and he was very durable and this is somebody who he was a safety at some points for you and then he's transitioned to linebacker and he was kind of the more one of the more underrated guys on your entire football team and finished the regular season I think with 82 tackles and had a really good bowl game and all that but to answer the question I, I think that's still up in the air I think that you it depends on 
who you talk to, it seems like a bit of a long shot uh, and, and all those things, but they haven't ruled it out. Um, and, and again, I don't know what Kosai prefers either. I, I think that that would be uh, something that he would have to to say. Absolutely, like exhaust all options. I want to play one more year or, hey, man, I, I've, I've been at this a long time. Uh, I, I'm kind of ready for the next phase in my life. I don't know. But he's a, like I said, he's a very intelligent kid and uh, he will be a really good coach for somebody at some point. So I hope I've answered your question there because we just we don't know the. Uh, we don't know what they're going to find. And that's, again, it's just a bit tricky trying to determine eligibility at the junior college level. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if they provide film or, or what they're, how many people are looking into. I don't know what you do to try to prove that. I've had buddies coaching the junior college ranks, and I just have to laugh because <laughs> what's eligibility records to a junior college? Sure, he's fine. What do you want us to write down for you and fax out the Lovick? Happy to do this before I go have the morning pinch or whatever. I mean, I don't think it should be that big of a deal, but yes, long shot, long odds, things like that. We'll have to go with this as far as the way we describe it. Chris, what a bonus it would be if you did get oh. Eldridge back in 2023, if he wanted that to be the case, because uh, I would like to state for the record, Locked On Texas Tech properly rated Kosai Eldridge because we were high on him yeah. all year long. We were appreciating what I viewed to be an ascension as really a guy that was always there in lockstep with Krishan Merriweather as far as old Mr. Reliable uh, week to week. So I, I would be really excited to where, see where he could go from here if he had more time left. Yeah, you know, and that was, uh, if you go back to August, that was one of the biggest questions that I had about really one of the biggest questions on the entire team was the offensive line and was it linebacker. And at linebacker, it was specifically because you were replacing a couple of guys that were just absolutely phenomenal, Enrico Jeffers and Colin Schooler last year. Yeah. I mean, th this is this was quite the tandem, playmaking, all the stuff that came with it. And you're right, Krishan Merriweather and Kosai Eldridge was, I mean, dare I say, even better. And I, that is heavy, heavy praise uh, for because I have the utmost respect for what Rico and, and Colin. Uh, were able to accomplish the year before and and I think though that you are e either as good if not better uh, with Krishan and, and Kosai so you're right if you were able to get good news there somehow some way if this is what he wanted and they can get that uh, clarified or whatever I mean look out because that is one more monster piece for the defense because I think right now you're thinking you're thinking uh, Jacob Rodriguez, who I'm a big fan of, and then Tyreek Matthew uh, yeah. would kind of slide in there. And then you 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 add to it with you know some of your signees and some of those younger uh, pieces. But because uh, Jacob Rodriguez and Tyreek Matthew played quite a bit, specifically uh, Jacob Rodriguez, and I just think he's a he's really good at, at football. It's a former college quarterback. Crazy to think about, but yeah, we'll. I don't know. I, I would guess you'll know something on Kosai's situation here fairly soon just because if he is if he is back he's got to be allowed to like go to class and like prepare in the spring you know so but I guess there's no rule that says you have to you know hey we're, we're gonna make the decision one way or the other but at some point I bet Kosai would like to either know or you know salute and say hey man I'm gonna kind of go do my do my thing with whatever that is. Yeah, this may all be for naught, but for a player like that, the possibility is worth discussing. So uh, appreciate oh, yeah. the comment and the question there on YouTube. And you're talking about who these guys this year were following up. 
just brought to mind who the crew from the last couple of years has been following up and want to give a shout out to him. Uh, Jordan Brooks, who unfortunately had some really bad injury news. But think about this run of, of linebackers we've had in some fairly recent history, uh, which he was a very, very prominent part of going back to the previous decade, Chris. But uh feel bad for him. But, man, he's gone on to have some really impactful years in the National Football League since he left Lubbock. I, you know, I, I think uh, it, it's very popular to kind of dunk on, uh, you know, Texas Tech's defense and, and all that in the last decade. Look, you've, you've earned that reputation, unfortunately. However, what, what the story that's not told near enough is that you mentioned Jordan Brooks. You mentioned Dakota Allen before him, uh, who, who is still kind of yeah. playing professionally. And I think, you know, a guy like Broderick Washington is still in the NFL uh, Kerry Hyder, uh, now I'm going way back, but he's still in the NFL. I mean, there, there's some dog, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, I'm I'm forgetting some pieces uh, along the way, but yeah, there, there's some guys that are that were really good football players on the defensive side, and it, it just seems like we we spend so much time focusing on Mahomes and and some of the guys on offense like Jakeem Grant or whoever it may be. But uh, there's there's some guys on defense, man, that have been because Jordan Brooks that was a heavily criticized first round pick by the Seahawks. And it was kind of like they took who and how high, and he's done nothing but exceed all those expectations of a first-round pick and then some. You're talking about 14 or 15 tackles on the reg for for the Seahawks <laughs> and until he got hurt this year, uh, which was, I guess, about a week or so ago. And uh, he's just been – he's fast and everything you'd want. But, yeah, you've had some really, really good linebacker play uh, around here in, in recent years, as you mentioned. Man, hope that'll uh, continue and best wishes to Jordan. Hopefully, as far as his rehabilitation is concerned, it is a smooth road because uh, obviously it is going to be a long one. We will roll on with submission number two at Solid Scarlet. CNC, <laughs> the original Electric Factory. I added that part. Who is the biggest player departure from any Big 12 team for any reason so far. So th this is all things under the sun, Chris, whether it's transfer portal, yeah. uh, fat little girlfriends, NFL preparation, or anything in between. Uh, I know who's sticking out to me. Who's sticking out to you all across the Big 12 radar that's out of here? Yeah, and we're going we're going Big 12 here, uh, football, I'm assuming. And yeah. and I, I to, to me, this is kind of a, an easy answer. I have I've kind of one and one A. Uh, for, for, for me, uh, and they both happen to wear purple. Uh, one is Max Duggan. I just think if Max Duggan comes, were, were to have come back for TCU, he's already declared for the draft. I think he's going to go move, take it on. I just think that that vaults them from one conversation to a completely different one because of just who he is, how he's played, and makes people around him better. It's not pretty at times, but he just wins and he wills his team. I mean, was a Heisman Trophy finalist and all those things. I think that's a monster departure for TCU. Again, as you would expect, if a national championship contender loses their quarterback, that's a really <laughs> big deal. And he could have come back next year. So that is because I'm like, man, he could he could come back and like, you know, TCU could keep this thing rolling. The, the other one to me, if I who was your guy? If I did, I, is that my guy wears purple and he wears twenty two? Okay, this well, Vaughn was, was my answer. I think you just gave the right answer, but but that Deuce was Vaughn my was that my was one A. That was my one A. Yeah. Just because I I you know you know what he meant for Kansas State, and he was such a unique, phenomenal football player. He just made him go smallest guy on the field uh, most of the time, the best guy on the field. 
Uh, I just think that that's a hard guy to replace because versatile. Not, yes, yes. Pass run, special teams, return game, all that stuff. Yeah, and 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 durable. Uh, even though they used him a ton, it's just like Kansas State's only got so many playmakers, and when you try to replace one like that. It, not that they can't. It's just he was a special player, man, and he's gonna he's gonna go Darren Sproles it in the NFL, in my opinion. And I think he'll have a lengthy career in the NFL as a primary back, a third down back, just a football player, you know. Yep. And I, I just think you don't if you're Kansas State, you know, you you salute that young man and 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 think about the the statue and all those kinds. Of, I'm I'm embellishing a bit there, but no, he was really really good <laughs> uh, because he, I mean. He he really was the biggest reason why they won a Big Twelve championship. You know, I mean, and that's those are hard to come by, uh, and yes. and especially since Oklahoma has kind of won the the league for so many years in the past. You know, and now Baylor and Kansas State have kind of uh, knocked that door open. But I, I just thought uh, I thought Deuce Vaughn, yeah, he's clearly one A to me. Uh, the deuce is no longer loose in the Big 12 Conference, <laughs> and that's very good news for opposing fans. I'm glad about that, but I'll miss watching that dude play football because yeah. uh, he, he's just a football player, like you already said, and, and he's a lot of fun to watch. And I guess, you know, really, I Doug, just on the Duggan point before we move along, I go back to, to our preseason Big 12 QB rankings, and I told you number two that I was – I felt weird how quickly I wanted to go to Max Duggan. And I called it at that point in time, who was not even their starter at that point. This is preseason. And I said then, I think it's just my Red Raider trauma because he had really done a number on the Matt Wells edition of the Red Raiders to close out a game in Fort Worth. Little did I know, I guess he was traumatizing everybody. I just, I can't believe the season he had. I cannot believe what he did singularly as far as what was on his shoulders. And I think, like I said, you gave the right answer. That, that's got to be the right answer if we're actually just saying there is only one. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is a great next choice, but uh, what a year for Duggan. And I love those kinds of players, Chris, who in a college setting are able to put a team or at least an offense uh, on their backs, whereas you get into some professional settings, it's not going to work out the same way. But there's just something fun about a dude. Uh, watching a dude do what he did on that final drive in the Big 12 championship game, as an example, where it was him versus the other 11, it seemed like. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. And, you know, the, the, those those are just two guys. It, it's like uh, for the kind of seasons that Kansas State and, and TCU have had, uh, I think, uh, and, and if you if you want to go even further, I, I think a guy like Quentin Johnston for TCU is going to be really, really difficult to replace because he's a guy, and, and all the guys we're talking about, this isn't transfer, they're going to the NFL, but I mean, Quentin Johnston's likely going to be the top wideout taken in the draft, and that is heavy, heavy praise. I mean, he's got size, speed, production, played through injury and all that stuff. And he was one of those guys that, but this is kind of like their version of, of Harold Crabtree kind of thing. Like it was just a tandem that, that made their margin for error so big for TCU and that if they weren't <laughs> playing well, it's just like, let's just throw it to Quentin and 40 yards later touchdown, you know, guess what? We're not playing so bad today. You know, this is uh, but this is just kind of who they were this year, but uh, Georgia will find out that he, he's uh, a handful and he's long, and he's six foot four, and he's really fast, and all that comes with that. 
And so uh, th- those those guys will be very difficult to replace. It doesn't make me sad that they're gone. And trust me, I won't miss trying to to watch Texas Tech try to tackle uh, Deuce Vaughn at all and goes guys like that. But th- those are to me those kind of headline the list. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right, onward. Thank you for the submission at Solid Scarlet. We move forward. All right, thank God. Here's somebody with an actual name, so we're sure it's a human and not maybe just a. Something from a Russian bot farm. Uh, Beckett Lane says, are we past the point of coaches being hired away from Coach McGuire? Who is at the top of those lists? Chris, how does this window kind of operate where there's really a lot of movement? When does it kind of die down? And how do you see tech situation? There, uh, you know, unfortunately, there is no window. I've been doing this a long time, and I just you, you have to keep your head on a swivel. There's a million reasons <laughs> why coaches change jobs, um, and it's it's man, my buddy just got a job, and I've always wanted to work with him, or it's hey, man, these people are willing to double my pay, or I don't like the guy that I'm working for now. I mean, who the heck knows? Right. There, there's a million different reasons, and. That's just part of the business. Guys move around a lot. Uh, I, there, to answer the question, there have been rumors about Emmett Jones uh, being hired by Oklahoma. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're, they're just rumors. I don't know uh, if I'm willing to say they they never talked or anything because I believe there, there maybe was uh, some conversation there. But I do I do think at this point that is strictly just rumor and it's not going to happen. But there, unfortunately, there is no window um, because, I mean – Let's just go back to what I believe there was a time when Mike was here and he had a defensive coordinator named Jack McNell. Or no, it was no oh. line coach, Jack McNell. He was here for the spring and then took another job. And so you you just really never know. You know, that's that's the reality of the profession when you have as many people employed and as much money is being poured into this uh sport, guys just move around. And I, I think the bulk of the staff though will return. Uh, I don't I don't think at this point, as we're sitting here talking, that you have any risk of losing a coordinator or anything like that, um, because that's what wins, man, is stability, continuity and kids getting comfortable in schemes and and all those things. That's why TCU is such a is such an anomaly uh, in that they've doing doing all this in year one with new schemes with with Gillespie and and Garrett Riley there uh, for Sonny Dykes. But most of the time. If you're in the system for a year or three, you you really start to get good at it and you plug and play. And I just think that that's just how more often not that's how you win. But I I don't there's no window that is closed. Uh, Now, all the hires have been made at at a lot of places. And so staffs are being put together. So I would have said I would say this that the initial movement has occurred. Nothing has happened. And so, you know, I think you've you've dodged. uh, You've dodged it so far, but I just I wouldn't I wouldn't rule anything out at this point. That's just how the, the business works, unfortunately. Thank you for the submission, Mr. Lane. Next. <laughs> oh, we got another one here from Beckett Lane. Look at that. Beckett doubling up, man. Good. These are good questions. He's asking good questions. How did tech end up with such a strange non-conference schedule? And is this a sign of things to come under Adams? How much to how much control does he have over it? Beckett asked about Texas Tech basketball's scheduling. Yeah, so th- this th- this takes a second to try to explain. Um, so this particular year, 
I think uh, I think yeah, you 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 for the most part you've got control. Now, what factors into that? You know, everybody wants to go to Maui. They only invite so many teams, and so those MTEs, multi-team events, is what they're called. There, there, there's a lot of them, but but some of them are hard to get into. Like you can want to go play at, at one of them every year, but you have to be pretty good. You have to kind of have some connections. Some of it gets kind of political. Sometimes it's like, okay, we'll let you in the event in two or three years from now. So some of that is not mm. is is out of your control, and you're you're trying right uh, to get into those events because they're high profile. You get good RPI opportunities out of them, and all those things. Uh, so you played in Maui this year, which was set up two ish years ago, uh, and then next year you're going to play in the Bahamas uh, on Thanksgiving week, and that is another typically loaded field. Uh, and I think uh, Tennessee, Kansas. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There, there, there was there's. It's typically the same thing. You're going to get three games in, in over a, uh, a multi day stretch. It, it may even be on Thanksgiving Day actually that they they would play uh, next year. But so that that is on tap for next year. The other non conference games. Uh, you know, typically you've been playing the Big Twelve SEC Challenge. This is going to be the last year that that is in place. Uh, I think next year that is no longer on your schedule anymore. The SEC, I believe, is going to do something with the ACC. And I think there's been discussion about the Big 12 and the Big 10 trying to to put something together. Uh, Now, how does this look? Is this a one-day deal uh, like like the Big 12 and the SEC, which I thought was kind of fun? It's that it's all on one day. You you play it, and it, it kind of takes over ESPN. Uh, I don't know if that will when that will be put in place, if it will be put in place, and how quickly or how they'll do it. Uh, but news just came out that you know the Red Raiders are, are likely to play St. John's at Madison Square Garden next year. St. John's will make the return trip, I think, the following year to Lubbock, and that does not count. I was curious about this, but it does not count toward because I'm like, well, is that your is that going to be your Big East game? But the Red Raiders will still play at a Big East team next year. Uh, because you hosted Georgetown this year, and it's, it's supposed to rotate every other year. You're, you're, you're home or away. And so that's kind of what your non-conference schedule looks like next year. And so th- those are your, I don't know, those are your, your premium games, if you will. Then you're going to get a lot of, uh, you know, home games against lower-level lower type teams around the holidays and just to kind of – you know, but but yeah, they, they have control on that. It's a guessing game. Money factors into it, Casey. Like how much, you know, if, if we're willing to pay two hundred grand for a team to come in, some teams, may, some programs may say we'll pay them half a million to come in. Whatever. I mean, there's there's budget that that comes into play there on on luring teams in, into your place. Everybody would love to play these these really fun home and homes. Some schools will go for it. Some schools won't. So it's just kind of tricky. And also. The main thing is, what kind of team do I have? Like, do I have a, a really young team that I need to get some confidence and we don't need to test them? Or do I have a really old team that I want to throw everything at them and try to put them in as much, uh, you know, a, a tough of a schedule as we can possibly find kind of thing so I can I can really challenge them? Uh, so there, there's all a, a long answer there, but that's kind of – it's all over the map there. But, yeah, Mark, Mark they have some control, not total – uh, budget comes into play, what kind of team you have, and then you've got to match up dates with who you're wanting to play and see if it works with your home schedule or, or whatever it may be. 
does he really want to load up challenges? How do you kind of gauge what he would like just in an well, ideal situation prefers non-con to look like? Well, and, and, and I, I think there's a happy medium there. I think, cause yeah. this year you think about it, you know, you, you're, everybody has complained about the, the, the non-conference schedule, but if you look at it at face value games against Louisville, Creighton, Ohio state, LSU, and Georgetown, that's five of your non-conference games on paper before the season started, we would have said Georgetown's not very good, but in most years, they t- I mean they were they were just the NCAA tournament like two or three years ago. So you know, in most years, that's that's a pretty stout yeah. non-conference schedule. You know, Creighton was top ten at the time when you played them, and then the wheels have come off. But so I, I think that's about the right number of games that you want to really challenge your team on. So like next year, it'll be St. John's, it'll be some other Big East team at their place, and then it'll be whatever. Uh, three games you get in the Bahamas. So that would kind of be your five, uh, you know, games. And then you kind of put some stuff around it. Because anytime you're in the Big 12, you just have to be careful about challenging yourself a bit too much. There, You you could do a bit more of it and you could try to go play some, some other Power 5 teams or kind of try to get something done or neutral side or whatever it may be. Uh, but you also have to, like, make sure there you, there's enough wins on your schedule too because the Big 12 is going to be brutal and here's what we don't know, Cowan. Here's the one thing that we have no idea on for next year. If you have 14 teams in your league next year, this is the last year of this round-robin schedule. I don't know what the what the basketball schedule looks like next year. You're not playing everybody, uh, and, and maybe you are, but you're certainly not playing everybody in a, in a round-robin scenario. You're not going to play everybody twice, I should say. Yeah. So how, how how is it decided who you do play versus who you don't? Um, are they going to do pods? Are they going to do divisions? Are they going to – I mean, I, I don't know because inevitably, like we talked about with the football thing, somebody is going to feel like they got hosed on the deal. So, And who is – I've got a question for uh, questions from the audience episode. Uh, who is this Robin that came up with this format, and why was he round? Was it a glandular <laughs> issue or just a sadness inside him? So maybe if a listener wants to kick back and answer to us, we'll ask you some questions. You can kick them back our way. All right, Beckett Lane's getting credit for two questions. I know that definitely wasn't his question. So if you ask that question out there and you know it was you, let me know. (laughs) I'll give you a shout-out on the next show. I'm going to yell at our production team that screwed up, swapping the name out for the next one. The problem is I could piss in his pants right now, so I'm not going to be too hard on it. All right, let's head on to the next submission. This is from our guy at runks Eighty. Hey, this is a man, I believe, that goes by the name Runkles. I've met him at United Supermarkets Arena before, if I'm not wrong. Switching gears back to the gridiron, he says, I'd love to hear the story of Tyree Wilson and how he got to Tech. Did he really come here as a walk-on? Chris? Yeah, so th- this is one of the most, uh, you know, people f- will forget about this in time. Um, and it wasn't just widely reported at the time because I just think they didn't, no, nobody really wanted to make a big deal about it uh, for various reasons. But I think the, that this was in July or August of, of uh, the, the year before Tyree got here or, or the year that Tyree got here. And I guess was that, would that have been, Tyree's initial year here I guess it would have been and so that was the Matt Wells's second to last year I guess he was here three years I guess it would have been his prior to his second season uh I think that's right and and Schooler was the same way so I want, I want to make sure that this isn't lost as well because these were about three to four weeks apart you had already you know the rule is 
I think that they're talking about changing this rule because of the portal and all those things. But the rule is you're allowed 25 initial scholarships every year. Okay. So you can have 25 brand new guys that count toward your initial limit that they that initially go on scholarship. And that's that, that date is I believe August the 1st. Okay. So once you give out those or those 25 uh, scholarships are accounted for, you're, you you really can't take anybody else unless that you figure out a way around it and say, hey, we'll gray shirt you. We'll put you on scholarship at a later date. Uh, or in this case now, hey, man, we'll, there's probably an NIL deal up here. You can use that money to, to basically put yourself on scholarship, whatever. There's some gray area there. But at the time, NIL wasn't really in existence then. And you'd already kind of, I think, given up all of your allotted scholarships. And so, you know, after a lot of conversations with his family, they got Tyree to walk on for a semester. And he would get put on scholarship after the season was over. But the first year that he was here, he was paying for that on his own. And I'm sure there was some financial aid and some things. But uh, other schools, there were some other schools that were offering him full scholarship uh, immediately. And he turned that down to, to come to Texas Tech. And when you look at how he leaves here, that is nuts. I mean, absolutely <laughs> nuts. And I will tell you, I will tell you, I never thought in my wildest dreams that he would leave here as like a first-round draft pick and be the kind of player that we saw. And and, mo and I would guess most of the people involved wouldn't have ever dreamt that as well. Could Possibility? Sure. But not not in reality. You just don't you don't envision a scenario that way. But Colin Schooler was the same. Colin Schooler, they'd already kind of, uh, you know, they tried to get his brother. You know, if you remember, his brother played uh, some uh, receiver for for University of Texas, and so they both leave University of Arizona at the time. I think Kevin Sumlin was was fired, and so they start looking around. And I think you try to get them both. I do think, though, that you tried to take Colin Schooler's brother to play some safety, which he had done at Arizona. Texas, however, wanted him at wide receiver, but Texas also had a scholarship for him, and, uh, and, and Texas Tech did not. So he ended up going to Texas. But, yeah, you got Colin Schooler to, to, to foot the bill, I guess, initially uh, as well. And those are it's just wild to think about how good those players were. Uh, and uh, anyway, but yeah, that's the story on Tyree Wilson as I knew it. Pretty good investment on both sides uh, for Texas <laughs> yes. Tech and for Tyree Wilson, who's leaving here set to make uh, many millions, I would imagine, if he's got some uh, good luck from a health standpoint. But and, yeah, you're right. Who would have thought? And Cowan, he's going to go along the line with all those defensive guys we just talked about a while ago, you know, and hopefully that yep. becomes a bit of a trend in that we start really following and it, you can point to a guy like that and say, cause I mean, and we touched on this on a podcast, I don't know, a month or six weeks ago, but if you're Tim DeRuder and you're out recruiting edge rushers and you say the fifth pick for the New York giants this past year was uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, and he, he, he played for me at Oregon. We showcased his abilities. He's phenomenal. He's a quick twitch guy for the giants. He's, he's doing stellar. And now, now next year, I have Tyree Wilson. Look what he did. He's an All-American, all these different things. And so, yeah, if you're Tim DeRuder, you got that, that's quite the recruiting pitch because you can point to two specific examples on what you, what you turn those guys into. Thank you, Runks88, uh, for the submission. And thanks for a little Tyree Wilson backstory. We are wrapping it up with one more. I practice this name. At Mr. 
prodigistry. Tell me <laughs> if I'm nice. right or wrong. Tell me there if you I'm go. right or wrong. It we'll took me a few it. repetitions. Yeah. Uh, he asked this question on the heels of a week where this jack wagon came back to town. Did we ever get a straight answer why McCuller left Texas Tech? I understand Shannon probably wanted to be closer to home, but why Kevin? And I added the enunciation there at the end. Chris, can I can I set it up to you this way? I, my elementary understanding is that financial incentive played a very, very large part in both of these guys uh, landing where they did. Am I wrong just in general to go to the American dollar first, number one on the list? What do you what do you make of that part of it? Yeah, I, I you know, and, and I don't know. I, I know there is NIL involved with with Kevin and TJ for sure. I don't know any specifics. Uh, you know, typically, you know, you know, it's it's a lot of hearsay and all those things. I just, I I know that 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 was involved. It would have been involved here because it was involved here with both with both players. Yeah, and I'm not trying to describe it like as anything untoward or illegal or any of that. I'm just this is the nature now. There yeah. are there's monetary incentives uh, here. Yeah. You know, with, with with Kevin, there, there was, uh, you know, in some of this, I I can't state for like fact because obviously I'm not necessarily there. And but you know, you 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 heard that from people that I that I I trust that uh, you know, hey, look, he 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 wants to do this when he's here. He kind of wants to have a bigger part of the offense. He wants to get get this many shots again. You know, just as they talking through a role on the team. Uh, I think uh, I think there were a lot of people involved with Kevin on his side of things uh, while he was here, um, you know, and and it's it's just a, a scenario to where I are you better off with him here if if he's got his mind right and you and you've got your mind right in coaching him probably, but I don't know if they were ever going to get on the same page uh, just based on various things, uh, you know, and and it was. It's almost like I want to say they they kind of fell out of love with each other, but I I can't say that's for sure. But it's almost just kind of like, man, you know, this may be best if we just kind of part ways, you know, like, you know, and so, but yeah, you know, and I think Kevin, you know, he, first of all, as a Red Raider, uh, his his Texas Tech teams were 0-7 versus Kansas whenever he played. Uh, the, the, The one time that I think you won was last year. He did not play. And so there, there was, you know, there was some, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. But he, he almost picked Kansas <laughs> over Gonzaga. I mean, picked Gonzaga over Kansas, excuse me. Uh, but he ends up, in, and, and that's the part that I think was, look, TJ Shannon's lighting it up at, at Illinois. He's a really good player. Kevin McCullough's a really good player. Uh, it just, it, it sucks if you're tech. This is the way it goes, though. This, it just sucks that you, you kind of have to see him multiple times yeah. in a season. And it just kind of stings and all that. But, hey, these are the rules, and this is what, guys are allowed to do and and uh you know and earlier this week he obviously came in and that part of his career is over with but he'll never never play in the in the arena and here's what here's the part about this stuff that that is i've I've found interesting and i think you and i have touched on this some before you know like a guy like keenan evans you you mentioned Tariq owens you know in some podcasts recently uh norrence you know there are some guys on those teams man that can just come back here Anybody would do anything for them. They're welcomed back. Uh, they can come work out here, be around, have a camp, you know, whatever. 
Yeah. And you build up a lot of goodwill within the community. And, and with that, you know, relationships within the fan base that could pay, maybe help you professionally and, you know, all these different things. I, I just don't know if, if a guy – and Kevin, he probably could care less about that. I'm just saying what that that's the one thing that's, that kind of changes the dynamic is that, you know, when you leave here and you go play elsewhere, it's like, okay, well, you're not the, the favorite son when you come back here anymore. Like I'm not even sure if you, we, you, you know, you, you welcome them back. You certainly don't roll out the red carpet and remember some of the good times that you had. You kind of turned yourself into the enemy. And again, they're Especially allowed in to do conference. That. Exactly. In exactly. Conference. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't well, know what, what reason Kevin McCullough would want to come back here. I'm just saying, Typically, you have relationships with the school that you graduated from or you played for for years and years. That's just kind of your team. And so some of that dynamic is certainly changing. But again, it may not matter to the fan base and it may not matter to the player or family involved. And that I, but it's just uh, that's just a, a point that I thought I'd make was set to be possibly a Red Raider legacy uh, legacy yes. legend and uh, now will not be remembered by any Kansas basketball fan ever, I'm sure. Wants more shots, <laughs> more uh, control, so you join a roster of All-Americans. That makes a lot of sense. But he's getting a lot of sound advice. Uh, it was a blue blood, and it was uh, cash offered, as I said on a show earlier this week, and I'm not mad at, at responding to either of those factors uh, if I was in those kind of shoes. But, yeah, you're right. There's some connection you you lose definitely when you're, uh, especially in conference, but leaving the program and then putting on another uniform. I mean, I've even seen a couple of times this season where like uh, TJ Shannon will be on Twitter and he'll be cheering for Daniel Bacho in a tweet. And I'm thinking, that's my Bacho. You don't <laughs> cheer for Bacho. Even though I've never had a relationship with Daniel Bacho, and Darren Shannon obviously has, but his fans were insane people. So I don't have to justify any of my reactions, but, but it definitely does change things. Uh, more power to him. And if you find the path that gets you somewhere, I guess maybe you wouldn't get in your present situation, then that's an upgrade. And we've all got the opportunity to do that uh, with our own professional lives, right? And that's do essentially you, what these are, business decisions. Yeah, and do you realize how much better you'd be if TJ Shannon was on your team right now? Yes, I do. And it seems I mean, like a good time to wrap up the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I mean <laughs> he, he, he would have been a, you know, and again, there's a lot that comes with that and all that stuff. But uh, he, he, TJ's a really good kid at the end of the day. I do think he has a lot of people in his ear. And I, I do think, you know, originally from Chicago, being closer to home certainly factored in there for sure. But, uh, and, and, and he, I, I don't think he's got any, any ill will uh, here at all. I think he, he roots for, for, the guys that he played with and, and things like that. And I think, you know, that, but yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up there, but uh, yeah, just, this is the sport these days, man. It's wild. Those are our guys. You got your own guys <laughs> to root for. No more tweets. That's the new yeah. rule. All right. Thanks for joining us all week long or wherever, whenever you're dialing this sucker up. Thanks for being out there. Checking out the show on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts, subscribe on YouTube. So you never miss an episode we'll catch you on the other side of the weekend hope it's a great one for you we'll have some tech hoops to recap as oklahoma comes to town saturday night and texas tech tries to get a win in the big 12 word to sergeant bilko we're going for one chris and i hope that's what we're talking about on the other side man thanks for the time this week Absolutely, man. Enjoy the mailbag, though. Keep the questions coming. These yeah. are fun to do. Uh, the, the, these, the, you know, you get you get to tell different stories or questions that you just don't 
you know, I would know that people wanted to know the background on stuff or whatever. But yeah, keep the questions coming, man. These were fun. Absolutely. Uh, you got to get in there on YouTube. Yep. We don't care about your comments or questions anywhere else. And I'm just being <laughs> honest with you because the YouTube algorithm wants you to talk to it. And then the algorithm pets us on our heads and keeps our families <laughs> from being kidnapped. So please, you got to go to YouTube if you want to be on the comments from the YouTube section show. We will uh, roll another one out coming up very soon. As for this one, it's over. He's Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for making Locked on Texas Tech your first listen. And for your second listen, we hope you make Locked on Sports Today a part of your day every day. It's right here on the Locked on Podcast Network and available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or anywhere you get podcasts. Until next time, this has been Locked on Texas Tech.